You're listening to Playback, a Variety iHeartRadio podcast. I'm your host, Variety Awards editor Chris Tapley. This week we're in the Big Apple talking to a king on these streets, the legendary director Spike Lee. We discuss his new film, Black Klansman, the world leader he calls Agent Orange, and a whole lot more. So sit tight. This is Playback. You were, you, you, pretty much, you from no, Boston? No, no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not I'm, I'm, just, anything, just, I'm probably, checking. <laughs> just checking. <laughs> if anything, maybe I'm a Braves fan from my youth. But uh, yeah, that was a bummer. Sorry. I know you were up there. Did you have a good time at least? Have some drinks or something? I don't know. There's nothing good about yesterday. Yeah, I understand. At all. Well, I appreciate you doing this, man. No problem. <clears throat> Uh, we're already up and running, so I'm going to dive in. We're here in the People's Republic of Brooklyn. Yes. Here with Spike Lee. Fort Greene in the house. Yes. I'm so. This is the coolest production company I've ever been to, man. I love all the stuff you got on the walls. Museum. It's great. Like, I could just hang out here. I'm looking around as I'm talking, so it's lovely. Uh, thank you for having thank me you. here. No, thank you for coming. Thank you for coming to the People's Republic <laughs> of Brooklyn, New York. I was finally able to get out of the city, which was nice. I haven't been out of there the whole week. So anyway, here we are. Uh, you know, I was I did the math. You're, you're incredibly prolific, obviously. And I did the math. In the last 33 years, only nine years, have we not had a Spike Lee joint. Which oh, is, you're talking about a feature film? Yeah, feature oh, film. Okay. I mean, yeah, obviously, you're doing all kinds of other stuff, commercials, docs. docs. Uh-huh. Yeah. But what keeps you going at that rate? That's my first question. Well, from the very be- thank you for the question. From the very beginning, the, the goal was to build up a body of work. I not want I not want to be one of these flash in the pan, where are they now, that type of thing. Because I've always felt that to really appraise somebody's work, it can't be they only did one album, one film, one play, one novel. I want to see uh, you know what they did over a span of time. So that's that was the goal from the beginning. Even in film school, that's that's where that that's where that that was the mindset. Mm-hmm. So you think in terms of legacy for sure. Well, I wouldn't use that word. I, I like that you yeah, that you may use that word, but I I, I see it's body of work, mm-hmm. body of work. Yeah. Are there any like? Did you did you model yourself after anything in that way? Was it were there any artists filmmakers that you look and you say, wow, that the body that that person left behind? I mean, is Frank Sinatra, yeah. Miles Davis, John Coltrane, Michael Jackson, Prince. You know, they they. I was born in fifty seven. They were born in fifty eight. So they had a head start on me, <laughs> right? But uh, you know, God bless their souls. But uh, James Brown. Yeah, I mean, those are the people. You know, James Baldwin, Toni Morrison. Those, you know, those are my uh, pantheon. My in sports, Jordan, Ali, Willie Mays. Those, that's, that's my 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 pantheon. We can put Spike Lee in there too. I think. You take vacations though, man. Do you have any downtime? Yeah, I just like- came from. Uh, I was in a uh, this this past uh, Columbus, Christian Columbus Terrace Holiday. Day, holiday, Terrace holiday. I was in Mars Vineyard. Yeah. So I was in Boston for game two. Mm-hmm. Came back yesterday and 
barely made it in time for for the fiasco last night. <laughs> and I left at the bottom of the fifth inning. Oh, he did. So I left. It was 10-1. Yeah. So I went to bed. Yeah. I had a beer and went to bed. And then when I woke up this morning, I saw the final score was 16. Can we curse in this? Go, absolutely. 16-1. What the fuck? <laughs> I didn't know that was happening, man. I got home and I was like, "Well, I know Spike was at the game. Let me check." Oh man, he's not going to be happy tomorrow. That was that was <laughs> brutal. Yeah, I got and, the then, word right and then brutal. and then it happened against the Red Sox. It makes it even worse. Yeah. So tonight is do or die. Do or die in the Bronx. Good luck, man. Mm-hmm. I have a bunch of questions, uh, but let's dive into Black Klansman first. Yeah. Uh, you, know, you took this film to Cannes. You won the Grand Prix there, mm-hmm. and I just want to know what your experience was like over there in Cannes. Oh, it was amazing. I've always had a good, a great time in Canada. And, and, and even what happened in, in 89 with Do the Right Thing, that was on the jury. That was not on my, I mean, the jury, the reception there, the, the way the people received the film. So I've always had a, a exquisite time in, in Canada. Mm-hmm. Well, congratulations on that prize, man. That was great. We were pulling for you. Thank you. Uh, you know, late last year, you signed on to this project and went into production. It was in the wake of the Charlottesville Unite the Right rally, I believe, which was no, in August. No, no, well, no. Then we reported it in September anyway. You were already on, I guess. Yeah, well, see, it? what happened was. Yeah, give me the timeline because I was uh, curious. In the elation of the reception, I got everything out of whack, and it's my fault because I got it mixed up. We didn't start shooting until after Charlottesville. Mm-hmm. That was August 12th. We didn't start till mid-September. Right. And in Cannes, I got, I said, I made a mistake that I said that uh, we started shooting before August 12th. That, I was wrong. Right. Well, did, had you signed on to the project after Charlottesville? Oh, yeah. We were in pre-production. Okay. When that no, happened. before. Before, okay, yeah. We were in pre-production. Because what I wanted to ask was if that spurred you to want to do this project, but I guess no, not. No, no, just, no, no, no. We were in pre- we pre-production when it happened. Yeah. Well, when that in happened. In fact, I was in Mars Vineyard when that happened. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, when that happened, obviously the, the film builds to an epilogue centered on that a little bit. Um, uh, just when that happened in the middle of pre-production, how did that kind of shift your thinking about this project? Well, I knew I had to end. Yeah. I knew that David Duke, Agent Orange, the alt-right, the Klan, Neil motherfucking Nazis had written me an uh, ending, but again, mm-hmm. at the expense of a human life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, the air conditioning just went on. <laughs> it's 80 degrees here in New York. Yeah. Um, Glo- the global warming, which Age Orange says is... A hoax. It's a myth. Yeah. That motherfucker. You read the story in the New York Times, I guess, then the other day about how. What happened? 2040, we're, we're pretty much done. Oh, yeah. We got, what, eight years? Yeah. Or 12 years? Something insane. There's no joke. This is, this is, we're talking about the, the planet. This God's planet as we know it. And this is no joke. I mean, scientists from all over the world have said this. I think he might put up by the UN mm-hmm. and that's, it's not BS. It's not a hoax. It's not fake. We're in peril. Yeah. And this motherfucker says there's no such thing as global warming. Yeah. 
Is that the kind of is that the kind of thing that's ever like? You ever thought about putting something about that into your work? Never really seen anything like that. Really, we were talking about global warming. Do the right thing. Well, true in a way. (laughs) And I wrote that in 1988. Everybody's hot on the streets. That's 88. That's true. That's true. (laughs) We had the crystal ball. Yeah, we were talking about global warming. The 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 cornman, the 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 three cornmen. I'll bring this up. Uh, Often when I go to film festivals, I know I got to do a lot of press. And it's particularly when you're an African-American, somehow they position you as a spokesperson of 40 million African-Americans. Yeah. And I've never, ever tried to put myself in that place. I've always said any pain I've said, I'm, I'm not speaking on behalf of anybody but myself. But I knew going to con this May, the questions would come up, what's happening? I mean, anytime I go around the world now, people... Look at me and say, Spike, what's happening in your country? And it's not just, if we want to break it down, this stuff is happening, not just the United States. This guy that's running, who's, who just is going to be in a runoff for Brazil, mm-hmm. this guy's as bad as Agent Orange. And so we've seen a rise to the right all across this world. So it's not just the United States of America. But anyway, I knew I'd be asked to give my state of the whatever they, they might want to call it. And so I took the novel approach of, you know what? Let me come with a film title that may be best described, you know, what I think it is. And, and after much thought, I came upon Peter Wells' film, Peter Weir's film, Peter Weir's film. Very good film. The Year Living Dangerously. Mm. That's where we are. Mm-hmm. I go to bed every night thinking about Agent Orange has a nuclear code. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you actually get to sleep thinking about that. Well, <laughs> Probably keeps you awake a little bit. Well, huh? I, I mean, he has, and I've seen the football. I gave uh, my wife and I, Tanya gave over a, a benefit for President Barack Obama, the second for his second uh, term. And his car was parked in front of my house. And I saw the guy in the back with the football. The football being at the shake case. That uh, the president, I think, I don't know what exactly, but it has to be very close to when he leaves the White House. Yeah. So it was was parked in front of my house. And they let me, I mean, they knew I was, is at my house. So the guy let me go up to the window. And I saw that thing. So I had a nightmare that night, and that's even with Obama. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you know, so you know, I'm tossing and turning now. That's a sober and, 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 and I, I heard about this this myth. Oh, that's some BS. This, uh, uh-uh. uh. The football is real as a motherfucker. <laughs> He's right there behind him, man. He's right there, and I saw my own eyes. So hopefully. They gained the wrong code. <laughs> Hopefully they gained the code one, two, three, four. <laughs> it's like the Spaceballs briefcase code. Oh, yeah. my God. So, again, <laughs> going back to the Peter Weir's, Peter Weir's title, the year living dangerously, that's where we're at. And then with Kavanaugh now, oh, my God. Yeah. 
And I forgot who, who said, I read it somewhere, but someone wrote, I forgot who it was, that the United States has not been this divided since the Civil War. That's going Man. way back. Now, you might say the Vietnam War. Yes, that, that was a, there was a war at home, too, about what we're doing in Vietnam. We should not have been there. But it, 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 it's, it's crazy time now. Yeah. Absolute, absolute insanity. Yeah. Well, going uh, back to Black Klansman, I, I wanted to ask you what, uh, you know, what did you make of the real Ron Stallworth? Straight up guy. Doing his job. Doing what's right. Very dangerous undertaking, and you know we might laugh at the clan and their imbeciles stuff like that, but they're they 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 you know they they you know they have a history of killing people. Mm-hmm. So you know I was I was very very uh, pleased to meet him, and and he was very instrumental in walking John David through what he did as he became the first African-American police officer in Colorado Springs. Yeah. Had David, uh, John David on the show a couple of months ago. Yeah. Cool. Love that guy. Yeah. I mean, uh, was he the guy for the role? Yes. From the beginning? Uh, for you? There was from the beginning. There was no audition, no read. I, I just offered him the part. I mm-hmm. knew he could do it. Mm-hmm. Why? I just because you know the guy? I mean, you know him. I know him. His first film was yeah. Malcolm X. Yeah. He's one of the kids in. He says, my name is Malcolm X, but... Being that the son of Pauletta and Denzel Washington, knowing his parents, his family, his work ethic, he went to Morehouse College where I went, played football there. He, and and there's another thing is that a lot of times, you know, people talk, well, that's cliche, that's cliche. The reason why things become cliche is because it was based on the truth from the, at the very beginning, mm-hmm. and so when you when you might say that the fruit doesn't fall fall from the tree, that's not that's not a cliche with uh, John David Washington. It's yeah. the truth. Yeah, he's going places, man. He yes. got it. Uh, I don't know if you've addressed this. I don't know if you care to, um, mm-hmm. but I, you know, I asked about Ron because. Filmmaker Boots Riley had some strong I'm not things to say. About him. You don't want to talk about that. No. Nah, is there is there no dialogue to have there at all? Not for me. No. Mm-mm. All right then. Want to branch out a little bit? Yeah. Um, someone with a filmography like yours, we could sit here all day and <laughs> just just talk all about day and night stuff, man. But do you look back much? Do you re-review your work? Yes. Uh, this past Friday was the 18th anniversary of Bamboozle. So I'm a tenure professor of film at NYU where I went. Angley and I were classmates. Angley, Ernest Dick is now all classmates. Illustrious class of That's 1982. Awesome. So in class, we're going to show Bamboozle and Ellen Curis, the great DP, is mm-hmm. going to be our guest speaker. Oh, that's great. So we'll give out the script. I haven't seen it in a while. But one of the blessings of the success of, if I may say this, sir, one of the blessings of success of Black Klansman is that there's been like a re-evaluation. So I've been, you know, reading stuff and people going back, look at films that they dismissed or they never saw. One would be bamboozled, be 25th hour, be get on the bus, 
uh, be, it'll be Chirac or be Miracle Saint Anna. So that's 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 been nice for for people to, you know, reevaluate their initial. <laughs> yeah, I was saying everybody's ranking your films again. <laughs> well, <laughs> what's Spike Lee's favorite Spike Lee film? Mm. His next one, probably, huh? My next one. <laughs> but we saw Bamboozled in film school. Where'd you go? To North Carolina School of the Arts. Yeah, mm. that's a good Ble- school. Blew me away. Blew me away. Love that film. Uh, I wanted to talk about aesthetics too, particularly the use of color. I always talk about the use of color when I'm speaking to filmmakers. Mm-hmm. Uh, interesting to me, you started your career with black and white, which he's got to have it, and then color became such an important part of the palette with your your process. Well, the reason why it was black and white because uh, John Luc Godard's film Breathless was such a big influence. The editing, the, the cinematography. So that's why Ernest Dickerson and I chose to. Uh, do that first film with the black also was cheaper too. Yeah. Back then it was, we were shooting a, you know, reversal films. So mm-hmm. it, was, it was cheaper. Well, what does color mean to you? And when you, when you're embarking on a new project, pre-production, setting out the palette, what it means? Well, I don't go in thinking it just had to be colorful. For me, the script tells us everything. So for example, uh, color of films that were very important in color, do the right thing. We wanted to show the heat, uh, the the musical aspects of school days and Malcolm X. Uh, you know, look at the old MGM three strip. I mean, even though it was three strip, but that type of technicolor. And then if we look at the latest film, uh, we wanted to, this film looked like the other 70 films I grew up with. French Connection, Dog the Afternoon. That's why we shot it on on, on the film. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, you know, the classic shot, the Spike Lee Dolly shot. Mm-hmm. I mean, when when did that first hit you as a an, I mean, an image of impact that you would? Well, we first we did on Bamboozle. It was yeah. a scene where my character Giant is Ernest Dickerson. First, I'd like to talk about Ernest Dickerson. Ernest Dickerson and I entered NYU together. And we bonded right away because he also went to a historically black school. He went to Howard University. I went to Morehouse. So there weren't that many of us there. We bonded. Ernest was the best DP in the school. So Ernest shot all my films at NYU. Then in uh, in a row, she's going to have his school days, do the right thing, Mo Better Blues, Jungle Fever, then Malcolm X. And after Malcolm X, uh, he went on to direct uh, Tupac and Juice. So Ernest came into film school, wanted to be the director, but he knew that he was such a good DP. He felt that, you know, if I keep, that eventually could lead me being a DP, you know, being a director. So, you know, it's just vibing, and, you know, and, and we have to service the film. What is the, was the music, the cinematography, the editing, production design, costume design. Everybody has to use their skills to best service the film. That's always been uh, the marching orders. Mm-hmm. Does that shot, I mean, you, you repeat it, obviously. Does it mean something different to you every time you use it? Oh, yeah. So, again, getting back to your question. <laughs> when Ernest and I did the first time, and also like to say, no way in the world did we ever say that we invented that shot? It's been done before. Sure. So 
there's a shot where I had to walk down the block and Ernest and I had to say, you know, let's have some fun. So the early, the early uses of that shot was really just, you know, being film school geeks. But then Ernest and I said, decide, you know what, this, we really, we can't make light of this, this shot, the double dolly shot we're talking about. So from now on, and his utilization has to really have impact. So the first time we really did that, which is probably one of the best uses, was in Malcolm X. The backstory, the late great Dr. Ben Shabazz, Malcolm's widow, told me that she felt that Malcolm knew who's going to be assassinated and they want to be a martyr. So once Dr. Shabazz told me that, I said, how am I going to try to show this emotion on his face? Knowing that what his widow just told me, that he's going his own execution. So that's where we came up with the, that use. And uh, another great use is the most is the most recent film, mm-hmm. Black Klansman. The very end, yeah, yeah. One of the my favorite uses of it actually is in Twenty Fifth Hour. Oh, uh, with the, the late, Hoffman. late great Phil Hoffman. Yeah, yeah. I mean uh, that film I wanted to talk about. It's considered by many, and I agree, the best. Donnie Levin film? Yeah, and just particularly one of the best films of that decade, frankly. Uh, I think it... Yeah, it, we got no love, though. At the time, I was there with you, though, man. Nah, Trust nah, me. I appreciate it. But here, here's the thing. It was, it was so fucked up about that because uh, we were in a... You know, we were jammed up. The film came out during award season in limited release. And so the deal was this. You know, they didn't try to... You know, it, was, it was obvious. You know, they said, look, when we get... Yeah, we get critical, great critical response. If we get, you know, up best year, I mean, best best film of the year, you know, in a list. Yeah. Some nominations, then we'll, when, then we'll push it out. But we don't get that. It's like, peace. Adios, <laughs> sayonara, vida sing. And that's what happened. Yeah. And, and it's a shame. But again, it's another one of those films that uh, emerged after the film was released and people really uh I mean a lot of people still think, you know, there's people to stop I don't even know who these more people are. Stop in the street and say they love Twenty Fifth Hour. You know, it's not just because of I mean really don't tell me why, but they said, you know, that they, they just love, you know, love that film. I think for I mean for me it's a definitive depiction of what Ever we were all feeling. Nine at that post nine eleven. Yeah, 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 and there's just incredible majesty to it. What I wanted to ask you was, what did you feel when you were making it? I was feeling like most New Yorkers, like we had been punched in the stomach, hit over head with the, uh, with the Willie Mays, Louisville. <laughs> I think, oh, wait, wait. Louis, Willie Mays used Adirondack bats, so it's not Louisville slugger. <laughs> but anyway, but at the same time, we're down, but we're, no, this is, we're, we're motherfucking New Yorkers, so yeah. it's going to take more than that to you know keep us down. So it's very a uh, very fighting spirit. Leave out Giuliani being the motherfucking America's mayor. Leave that shit out. But there was, uh, I think, New Yorkers were unified. Yeah. And... Uh, Here's the thing a lot of people don't know. David Benioff, who wrote the novel, mm-hmm. 
the novel was written before 9-11. Yeah. So it was my ideal. I suggested to David, look, we've got to rewrite the script and make it post 9-11. Mm-hmm. And also that very famous scene, one of the most famous scenes in the film where Edward Norton in the mirror. Mm-hmm. That, was a, that scene was in the novel, but it wasn't in the script. So I said, when I once read the novel, I said, David, how come it's not in the script? He said, I don't know how to, I don't know how to shoot that. I said, don't worry about that. <laughs> Leave that to me. That's my problem. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that was uh, the performances. Edward Norton, Rosario. Barry, Barry Pepper, was amazing. Barry Pepper killed it. That's the thing I think people, people like me anyway, I was like, if it's going to get a nomination, hopefully that's it. Because he was so good. And, I mean, uh, Brian Cox, even Tony Siragusa, you know, it was <laughs> Philip C- the late, great Philip Seymour Hoffman, you know. I wanted to ask you about him. Any thoughts that come to mind? I mean, for the thing that crushes me about that, I always ask people about Hoffman whenever that have worked with him when they're mm-hmm. on the show. You know, we lost him in his prime. We had so many more performances to get out of him. You know, right. he had well, so much more to give. Here's the thing, though. I mean, that's a long list yeah. of people who, you know, left way too soon. He was a very private person. And uh, what I remember a lot about him, so, you know, we, that year we had a softball team and we were killing everybody. <laughs> we would play other movies and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Barry Pepper is a great athlete. Oh, yeah. Baseball. Hockey. I mean, he. I mean, he's. He could play professional sports. I mean, that's how good he is. And uh, we were kid. You know, we were kid. Uh, Philip. You know, you know, kind of chubby. You know, we see him running around. We, we, we. It was all good in spirit, but beautiful. Soul and I mean I I, I mean I, I didn't know you know what was going on. I mean people you know come to work do their job and when they go home that's their own personal business. But I never saw any uh, nothing like that. Yeah, there was I there was no clues. I I mean I was shocked. Other people knew you know that they're close in, but I had no idea. Yeah, and something else about that film that I love, <clears throat> you closed it with the fuse. The, the Springsteen yeah. song, which yeah, is my he, favorite he, song from The Rising. Well, here's, here's the situation. One of my producers over the years is John Killick. Mm. We started first working on Do the Right Thing. It hit John and Bruce are really tight, very close. And The Fuse is also my favorite song from the album. Again, an album that's really about Post nine eleven, so I, 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 I said, John, I got this idea. I want Terrence Blanchard to write an orchestral arrangement to go under Bruce's song. So John asked Bruce. Bruce said, "Fine." So we recorded it, full orchestra, and then, but well, so we needed Bruce's, you know, approval. So John. I think he flew to Spain. Uh, Bruce is on tour. 
And I guess during the sound check, he just put put the headphones on. Bruce put on the headphones, and John played it, and Bruce started nodding his head. This is John telling this is John telling what happened. And he said, uh, "Spring said great," and that was it. That's awesome. I love that you did that. I saw that Broadway show just the other night. Yeah. Finally, it was amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you know, last year you, you came out with the "She's Got to Have It" TV show you've been working on. Uh, right, right now we're downstairs uh, doing the finishing t- finishing touches on uh, editing for the second season. I don't know when it's coming out. I was curious if there's any other film from your filmography that you think could benefit from a deeper, longer exploration like that. I thought it's not going to do the right thing. (laughs) (laughs) You know, why you do a series? Uh -uh. Do the right thing is untouchable. I agree. Not, not fucking with that. That's it. That's where it's going to be forever. And next June 30th will be the 30th anniversary of People forget this. Oh, do the right thing. And Batman came out the same day. The Tim Burton, crazy. Batman. yeah, the same yeah. day. Kim Basinger has something to say about it at the Oscars. Too. Yes, yes, <laughs> love the Kim because I, when she said that, I was shocked <laughs> because uh, no one knew she was gonna, you know, do the ad lib. Yeah, but. Here, here's the thing about awards, and uh, and I'm not. When you're a filmmaker, you know you grew up. You know, first of all, you watch the Academy Awards. Even when I would do, even before I want to be a filmmaker, I love films, so I, mean, I watch the Academy Awards. You know, and everybody has their, you know, who they want to win stuff like that. But after what happened with Do the Right Thing, I just had to let it go. And, and and just be at peace with knowing that uh, the good, the great work is going to last in the awards. And, you know, people, you know, people still shocked this day that, that Driver's Daisy won Best Picture. Driver's Daisy is not in the Library of Congress. <laughs> you know, it, 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 it's... It's who's watching that film now, right? So you know, I'm at peace with that. Yeah, and so well, going back to that thought though, is there anything else that you would you know obviously not do the right thing? But is there any other film that you think? What I want to do is that School Day is going to be a Broadway musical. Well, that makes a lot of sense. (laughs) And people tell me that the week it came out, you know, back in '88. So Vincent will get to that. Yeah, okay, cool. It'll be a, school days will be a Broadway musical. Can you talk about Nightwatch at all? Something you got coming up, Marvel property? No, that that was it. Never happened. It's not going to happen. Oh, okay. No, I never said it was. Really? Mm-hmm. Look, I'm not against doing a Marvel comic. I grew up. I didn't like DC comics growing up. I love, I love Marvel. Yeah. So I'm not against that, but. I, mean, I really don't like to talk about stuff I, that that if maybe because I in my history I found that when I talk about shit, what happens doesn't work, doesn't happen. So all right, well, fair enough. I rather uh, just I hear you. Well, then yeah. let's talk in the abstract, the, right. the, the superhero genre, which is a genre now. Mm-hmm. Uh, what would you want to add to that? 
if you I, were to be involved with a superhero project? I could put my flavor on it. Yeah. You know, it's what I do. <laughs> so whatever it is that is, you know, that will have that flavor on it. You talked about Black Panther at Tribeca. I wanted mm-hmm. to just talk about that as yeah. well. Uh, no, it's a game changer. Yeah. Where is on the list now? Is it seven or eight? Domestically, it's, it's no, no, all time. I'm not sure about all time. Domestically is what blows my mind. Seven hundred million dollars, third all time. Like no, what blows my mind is, I think what's more importantly is international. Sure, yeah. Because for years, studios have said one of the, one of the reasons why black filmmakers not been able to get the budgets. Oh yeah, the falsehood. No, yeah. Because okay, let me let me state let me say one of the, one of the reasons why. On several times, I wouldn't be able to get the budget I needed because they always go to line item foreign. And they would say to my face, well, you know, very, you know, they would be uh, diplomatic about it, but basically they're saying black films don't make money overseas. Right. So, Will, Denzel, Sam Jackson, Put that shit away. Then became a new one. Well, you have to have a black star because that's what that's how they that's how they get you. They say, "Well, boom, 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 foreign." So if you have a low number in in, in the foreign line item, that's going to affect your overall budget. Mm-hmm. Well, hopefully that's over now. Well. They're still going to try to say it's not, but I'll say, I'm going to call that bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, bullshit. (laughs) Yeah. Bullshit. That movie's left a crater for sure. So, uh, Mm yeah. Well, what do you want to do next, man? I mean, just in general, like what's unexplored and you've done so many films. I want to do a musical, you know, I want to do a musical. Uh, There's just so many things that I, I like to do, hopefully do will do uh, I've always been inspired by the longevity of filmmakers like Fellini and Kurosawa who are still doing great work in their 80s so I just turned 61 so I got another I got I got good another 20 years in me oh, man you look 41 God, I mean God, God willing well uh Love the movie, dude. Thank um, you. It, you know, and also, thank you. I want to appreciate you. You have a great show. People listen. People dig what you're doing. Thank you. Thank you for making the trip. Of course. To the Republic. To, and, and, you know. This was a pleasure. I want to I wanna, I wanna walk you around real quick, all right? Please. Yeah. All right. Let's do it.